It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. I'm really excited about this episode for many reasons. Number one is that this is the 400th and first episode of the show. And it kind of blows my mind and it it kind of doesn't <laughs> because this is just how I've been as a content creator. I actually just did a, I don't know what the term is, assessment intake of my history on YouTube because a friend of mine might hire me to coach her son on starting a YouTube career. And YouTube has not been a big part of my life. Although, ironically, it's possible that you're watching this show on YouTube. I don't know when that's going to be because YouTube has just taken a back seat for me. I, for instance, have not prioritized putting the video versions of this podcast on the channel. I think it's been over a year now. And I think I have a bit of a block when it comes to my own YouTube work for a number of reasons I might not get into today. I didn't plan on talking about YouTube specifically, but I do still appreciate YouTube and recommend YouTube for people in their careers. And I think it's worth exploring. I think YouTube has continued to evolve in a lot of ways. I did this look at kind of like an audit, maybe that's the word I was looking for, of my past on YouTube. And I think the first channel I started was in February 2007. And I made this spreadsheet totaling up all of the YouTube channels that I can remember, which came to 10. I feel like there might be... Actually, I know for sure there's one very private one that I made a long time ago. And I don't remember when that was. But I've just started a lot of YouTube channels. And my point is that when I totaled up all the videos I made, it was like 1,600. And that is like similar to this 1400 number of episodes where it simultaneously feels like a big and small number at the same time. Because at a period of time, it felt effortless or easy or just in the flow for me to make YouTube videos. I don't feel that way about YouTube anymore. But podcasting feels relatively in the flow. I will say that almost every time I record an episode, I face some resistance, including this very one mostly because I already recorded for two hours with a guest who turned out to be one of the most amazing guest experiences I've had in a long time. That episode is coming out soon. Even when I'm looking forward to recording with a guest or doing a solo episode like this one, which I publish every Monday, there's still resistance because it takes time and energy. Today, I am drained from that wonderful two-hour session. And I also had one of the worst nights of sleep I've had in a long time. I'll talk a little bit about sleep today. I have a variety of things I want to catch you up on because I spent the last few episodes talking about travel, trip summaries, and my speeding ticket journey. And this is really only, I think, the third solo episode I've done since I got back from my big cross-country trip. So I still feel like I'm grounding back into it. Also something, speaking of YouTube and video content in general, 
I have to just say that I am absolutely thrilled today in mid-November 2022 and I'm recording this because I have a brand new podcast and video conferencing set up. It's really an interesting thing that I feel like has a lesson about personal development, growth, achievement built into it. So when I started doing the podcast at this location that I'm in right now, I've been recording, I guess, since around the time that the pandemic started in March 2020. Previous to that, when Jason, who was my former co-host, he and I used to record every single episode in person. We were dedicated to it. We thought like, We want to have the highest quality show. And the way to achieve that is to do it in person. We want the experience, the energy of connecting with each other as co-hosts. We wanted to connect with our guests. So all of our guests were in person. If you go back to the very beginning of the show up until we no longer had that choice when the pandemic started. And and I guess we probably thought it was going to be a temporary thing. Well, it ended up actually being a lot easier thanks to the platform that I use, Zencaster and other tools online. But the challenge for me, at least, was that I didn't really like the background for the space that I'm in. And most of that was like, because the room that I record in has a bed in it, it's a guest room. And it has a bathroom in the background. And that's where I keep my dog. And sometimes she would bark and Sometimes it would just be kind of messy in here, my desk, that is where I record. And for years, this has bothered me. This is coming up on close to three years since I've been recording in this space. And it was not until a few days ago that I finally came up with a solution. And it happened in such an interesting way. This is where the lesson is. I had been thinking about adding some sort of backdrop behind me. So this is a little hard to describe if you haven't ever seen the video. So you could go back to the most recent videos I put on YouTube because I've been using this space for quite some time now. And you'll see the bed behind me. And I think it's just like the feeling of a bed didn't like feel a level of professionalism and appropriateness for me. But it did have that element of being casual, which is part of my personality and style. So I kept bypassing it. But every time a guest would come on the show, I'd think to myself, are they judging me for having a bed in the background? And when I'm like presenting professionally, like sometimes I do virtual speaking engagements. When I'm coaching, that's something I'll talk about today. When I'm doing anything that I consider to be professional, there's just something about having a bed in the background that felt weird, but I wasn't able to easily move the bed. So a few days ago, I'm like sitting here in this space thinking, what am I going to do? Like, I just want to make a decision. I want to do something. Should I get some sort of backdrop that I could put between my desk, chair, and the bed? And it's not a huge space. And you can go online and get these kind of wire frames or plastic frames that you put up and you can hang curtains. Some people put these green screens behind them, either hanging like that, or they even make them for your desk chair. But Zencaster, the tool that I use for podcasts, doesn't have a green screen feature right now. So long story short, my brain was just trying to think of a solution. And a couple of days ago, I looked over to the side of my desk. And in this room, there is a curtain. And the curtain's kind of weird. It acts as like a door, I suppose, because you probably have never seen this since I always hide it on camera. But behind me right now, there is a whole wall of storage. And that's where I store all sorts of stuff. I'm not going to get into the details of all what's there. But it's personal stuff that's stored. 
for various elements of life. And instead of closing like a cabinet or having a sliding door or whatever, the people that originally owned this space put in this tall curtain that goes almost entirely across the side of the room to cover up the storage. And I never use it. I never close that curtain because it's been out of sight. My cameras face the opposite direction, but a different direction. So you've never seen it before. And the other day I looked at it and I thought, huh, what if I just recorded in front of that curtain? Because the curtain looks kind of cool. It looks kind of like a nice backdrop. And I'm staring at it thinking, nah, I don't know how I'm going to do that. How am I going to do the lighting? Is it going to look too plain? But I just got into this experimenting mode. And I brought my camera or my laptop with the webcam on top, which I use to record every video, even though they haven't all been uploaded to YouTube yet. They're still being recorded. And I propped up that computer on my lap just to see what it looked like. And it didn't look that bad. And then I thought, how could I face this direction? This is where the nerdy details come in. But in case you're curious, I'm going to share it all with you. Well, my desk is facing a different direction, like perpendicular to that space in front of a window. And I love sitting in front of the window and looking out and having the natural lighting. It's also like flattering lighting for the camera. And I thought, well, if I turn the desk, it's going to completely dismantle the space and I don't want it to be permanently that way. So what if I had like a mini desk, just the size of my laptop I could use for recording? And as I started thinking about this, all these ideas started coming up. I'd never considered something like that before. I started looking around the room to see, did I have a table that would be high enough? And I didn't. Then I decided, well, maybe I can just go get an inexpensive one, ideally used. So I went and looked on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist and found a couple like side tables and tray tables. And they were like 20 to $30, but either they weren't the quite height that I needed or they weren't the right size or shape or style. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go on Amazon, even though I have mixed feelings about Amazon. I've realized over time as a side note that even if I don't fully ethically align with certain stores, for my mental health, sometimes I need to go with the easiest option. And I think maybe a lot of people can relate. Maybe that's why Amazon is so successful for someone like me who's like, okay, I could spend hours trying to find a desk secondhand or from another store, spend money on this. Or I could go do a little bit of research on Amazon and find exactly what I wanted and get it delivered to me. So long story short, that's what I did. I looked at so many desks and tables And if you're curious, I will link to the exact one that I end up getting because it's so perfect. I'm overjoyed. It came in this relatively small box within like probably 30 to 40 hours after I ordered it. And it's this rolling cart that has a ton of cool purposes. This is why I want to pause to shout it out because... I think it's mostly used to go underneath a bed so that the kind of like they would use at a hospital, I guess. So you could slide it underneath most beds and then you would have like a little desk or you could use it for your computer, for writing, for watching movies or something because it tilts and it swivels and it's on rollers so you can move it around and people use it with couches and things like that. But they also use it as desks like I am right in this very moment. 
And it's so perfect because you can put a laptop on it and adjust it to be whatever height you want and angle and has a space for your mouse. It's so cool. And I think it was about $50 with free shipping and free returns if you don't like it. And it wasn't too hard to put together because it comes in a small, thin box. And then you take it out maybe like 10 minutes with really easy Ikea-like instructions. Anyways, I got that desk and it is a game changer. This is why I'm so excited to share this. I had bought some new lights from this brand called Loom Cube, which I had been admiring for a while. I thought they were so cool. They make all these different types of lights for laptops and desks and for video conferencing and live streaming. And I bought them when they were on another Amazon sale, kind of like it was Prime Day, I think, this year, 2022. And I bought them thinking, I'll try them out. And if I don't like them, I'll return it. And I kept two of them. One of them is called the Edge Light, which is so awesome. Like there's a slight issue with the way it's built and I might have to get mine repaired. Side note. But other than that, it is an extraordinary light. I brought it with me on my cross-country trip so I could use in my office setups there. It's not really designed to be portable like that, but it was easy to bring around. It has different color temperatures. So it can be like a blue light or a more of a yellowy color. And it can be different brightnesses and different angles. Such a cool light. And then the other one, I don't remember what it's called, but it's a smaller version that suctions to the back of things like a laptop or a phone. That's designed to be portable. And I hadn't used it. And I was actually feeling like I wasted it because I went beyond the return date. Well, it finally came in handy and I'm using both lights right now. So I have my edge light on one angle for me and I have whatever the other mini one is called right behind my webcam. So I got great lighting. And then I had this fake plant that I put behind me to give it a little bit more of an interesting look. And then I hung up this really cool plaque on the wall because there was like a weird hole in the wall next to me that I wanted to cover up. And I also really wanted to hang this plaque because it was gifted to me from the members of my private community Beyond Measure, which is a huge part of my life, becoming more and more so. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that too. When we crossed the two-year anniversary of that private community, the members got together and created this really cool plaque. They all signed their names and even planted five trees in Superior National Forest through Arbor Day Foundation. And they got it all professionally framed with glass. It's beautiful. So I hung this up here. And when I sat down in this space with my new desk and my lights, everything, it shifted everything. That's why I was just so excited to tell you. And it felt like such a great celebration of crossing 400 episodes. And if you're wondering where the lesson is beyond all these product recommendations and tools, it's that I have been in this room for over three years using this as my office space, recording, moving things around and feeling stuck. I've been feeling like frustrated and a little embarrassed because I didn't like my background, but unsure what to do about it. And it took years before I simply looked across the room and thought, what if 
I couldn't have forced it. This is not like, hey, I need to make a decision and up oh, here's the answer. Sometimes answers take a really long time and we don't even know where the ideas for those answers come from. I don't know what it was. I don't even know where the inspiration came from. That's something I struggle with a lot in my life is this feeling of wanting to do something, but either not knowing how to get it or not having the energy and the motivation to get there. Maybe ironically, I now help other people overcome that because I just finished my emotional well-being coaching training, which I've talked a little bit about since I started in July 2022. It was about a four-month-long program. And every week, I had to spend four hours in class virtually, plus about an hour to two hours studying, watching lectures, reading material. It was intense. Took up six to seven hours a week for me. I had to do practice sessions and get evaluated on it. But wow, did I grow as a coach. It was such a transformative experience for me and also affirming. Pausing for just a moment to do my final shout out to Zencaster. This is the last episode that they're sponsoring, at least as of right now. And I'm deeply grateful for this. You know, finding partners on this show that can support what I'm doing here, that can elevate my financial well being is so key. I only work with a few sponsors a year right now with this show. And I've been deeply grateful to Zencaster because it's a tool that I use multiple times a week. I record at least two episodes of the show every week. I record at least one episode of a different show that I co-host each week. And so this platform is just vital to the work that I'm doing. It allows me to talk about important things, to share my thoughts, my opinions, to chat with guests, to do my best to support you in your life. And having a platform like Zencaster that I can rely on is amazing because they offer studio quality sound. I hope that you've noticed that. They have HD video recording, which as I've mentioned, I'm, I'm working behind the scenes to get up all the videos to YouTube that's coming soon. And actually Zencaster has started to make that easier. I just need to work it into my schedule. <laughs> that's part of my own well-being process is figuring out how do I take the simplicity of a tool like Zencaster and build that into my life? That's one thing Zencaster can't do is do all the work for you. You still, <laughs> you still have to follow through. But Zencaster has done great things to make it easier for me. They put everything onto a cloud file storage system for me. Uh, they allow me to take footnotes, which are like marking down the time codes. So I can remember what uh, parts of the episodes I want to share. And I could go on and on. I'm, I'm going to stop there. But it's just been an amazing experience. So one last time, I want to remind you that you can get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional, which is what I use to do this show and other shows that I work on. Use my code WellEvatorZen at Zencaster.com slash pricing. That's linked below in the description, as well as the show notes at WellEvator.com, which is spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. 
I want you to have the same simple experiences that I have with all my podcasting and content needs. It's finally time to tell your story. Let me know if you have any other questions. I am always here for you. That is my commitment. You mean the world to me, and I hope that you enjoy the same tools that I do. All right, back to the episode. I had been working casually, I suppose, as a well-being coach for years. In fact, the foundation of the brand Wellevator, which is the website domain that this podcast is under, that all was centered around mental health coaching. But I was doing that based on my intuition and personal experiences. I didn't have any training. And so I didn't feel fully comfortable advertising it. At one point, I had the word coach in my bios on social media, on my website. I was doing quote, coaching sessions and trying to build that up for myself. But in the back of my head, feeling a little bit like a fraud. Fraud's a little bit of an intense word. So I use that very lightly. I just didn't feel legitimate because I wasn't trained. And now that I've come out on the other side of a coach training program, I'm so glad that I did that because my strengths as a coach were strengthened. Doesn't make any sense, but you know what I'm saying. And I also got frameworks that I didn't know before. Got to see the things that I was doing that actually weren't within a scope of practice as a coach. Maybe putting me more in the expert position or trying to lean more towards like therapy, which I'm not even qualified as a therapist because that's a whole nother process and career path than a coach. And now that I've completed my training, I feel not only more qualified, but really excited about it. And in a few months, I plan to take the national board exam, which makes me really nervous, but I'm going to move forward with it. That's my plan, at least. It's supposed to happen in March 2023. And it's something I have to spend money on, just like the coach training program I need to study for. I need to become incredibly dedicated. In fact, this exam has turned out to be a much bigger undertaking than I initially thought it was going to be. I like joined like some groups on Facebook that are dedicated preparing for this exam. And it's a lot. It actually makes me nervous because historically, I don't do very well on exams. I don't know if that's part of learning difficulties or neurodivergence, but I have these moments where I think, do I need to be board certified? And the answer is generally no. As a well-being coach, I don't even have to have training. I could have continued with my practice from this intuitive standpoint, but I wanted to be trained. And right now, I want to be certified through a nationally recognized exam because I value this position so much. Well-being coaching has just become a really big thing for me. I feel like it's an honor and it's something to take very seriously. It's not something that I'm doing for money. It's something that I'm doing as a true service. Because as I mentioned, I can see where I've gotten stuck. I can see where I felt unsupported. I could see where I was yearning for someone to be in my corner. I've talked a lot about therapy. And I'll pause the well-being stuff for a moment to pivot over to therapy, as I mentioned, different things. And in fact, I've had some guests on the show recently who have talked about therapy versus 
coaching, if you're curious about it. Was that last week's episode? I think it was with Shonda Morris. Let me double check that. Almost 100%. That was who it was. <laughs> really great episode. Or no, wait, that's this coming week's episode. Aha. Right? Hold on. I'm finding this out in real time. I've had so many great guests and so many people talk about similar things, but I'm pretty sure it's Shonda who's coming out on December 2nd, 2022. So stay tuned for that. Well, my process through therapy has been remarkable. I dedicated a whole episode to some of the things that I've been learning. And every week that I meet with my virtual therapist, I feel an enormous shift, truly. And there are things that I might not share with you until further down the line, till I've processed them. And of course, there are things I may never share with you. You know, that's part of therapy is that private, confidential experience. But I consider you a valued listener, as someone that's part of my life. And that's why I share these things. I'm excited to offer them up in case they're useful to you. And having that safe space every week that I have a therapy session has been transformative in itself. I can't remember if I mentioned this before, but I have found that in the majority of my therapy sessions, I get choked up to the point where I can barely talk and I cry from a place that I don't feel outside of therapy. I attribute this to the power of my therapist that I'm working with. He's remarkable. I think at this point, I can say the best therapist I've ever had. Just the way he holds space for me, the way he talks to me, the way he guides me through things. I feel trust with him. I feel held emotionally by him. It is enormous in ways I never expected. I kind of went into therapy thinking, do I really need this? You know, here I am studying well-being. I've been studying psychology for a good chunk of my life. I'm immersed in this. I'm having guests on this show all the time. Why do I need therapy? That was my mentality. But something within me told me it was worth a try. And I'm so glad that I listened to that voice. I'm also grateful, as I said before, that my insurance covers it because therapy is a financial privilege of recognized. You know, that was a burden for me too, is wondering about the cost of it and what the process of getting my insurance to cover it would be. Fortunately, it was not that hard once I dug into it. But I also had to trust that I would be even paired with a therapist I liked. I was afraid of going through the process of several therapists. I truly lucked out. Whereas the first person I was assigned to through my insurance was this remarkable man who has my best interest. And that's why I break down with him. I can barely talk because my emotions just start to seep out of my body. And the reason I bring that up is because that experience with him has propelled me even further into coaching. Even though coaching and therapy are two different things, there's a lot of crossover. In fact, some of the practices that my therapist, some of the like tools and the formats of our sessions are very similar to what I've been trained to do as a well-being coach. And that excites me to no end because I'm witnessing that process for myself as a client in therapy and thinking, I want to offer something at least similar to this to somebody else. And it's just become deeply gratifying. So I want to spend a few minutes or maybe more, who knows, with me <laughs> since I'm a bit long-winded. I want to share more details about what well-being coaching is. And I want to be fully transparent that, wow, I'm not financially motivated, at least at this stage right now. Well-being coaching 
is an addition to the rest of my income. Most of my income comes from working as a freelance consultant in the marketing space. So I have a few clients who hire me to support them with social media, with podcasting, with thinking about marketing and community building and just like how do they authentically promote their business and bring in new customers, clients, etc. I love doing that and I make a living from that. So the well-being coaching is something I'm offering on top of that. I've made room in my schedule and I'm trying to keep my rates in a range that feels affordable. Right now, I'm actually experimenting with a sliding scale model, although I don't know how long I'll be doing that. So my promise to you is to always be very transparent when I talk about it on this show. And I also want to say that right now, as I talk about well-being coach, it's partially me just sharing my life experience as I do in every episode. And it's also partly there. So you know that I offer this now. So that if you've been looking for a support or maybe just not knowing what you need, but this sounds good to you, I'm available for that. And I will charge in most cases. I hope at one point to offer pro bono sessions. And if you're wondering like why I don't just outwardly do that, like if it's not about the money. Right now, I feel uncomfortable offering a service like that for free because in the past, I've found that people struggle to value something that they don't pay for. They don't get quite as invested. So I also want to be transparent. Like I'm really trying to think of pricing from different angles so that it doesn't get in the way, but actually supports you and myself. I mean, I think people deserve to be compensated for work that they pour themselves into. And sometimes rates indicate the level of professionalism and experience that someone has. Whereas Sometimes if you have a really low rate, people don't value you as much or respect you as much, right? So anyways, just a side note, I want to be very transparent that I may be promoting these services. I'm definitely in this episode, but in the future, if you hear me mention it, that's where I'm coming from. And if you're not comfortable, that's okay. Maybe we can talk through it. This is part of my journey as a well-being coach is navigating that world. Ironically, I don't like marketing myself that much, even though my career is helping other people market themselves. Just like I was saying with YouTube, I don't really prioritize YouTube as a creator anymore. But I love helping other people understand YouTube because I have so much experience with it and I still appreciate it. Anyways, I created this form for the members of Beyond Measure recently. So to go backwards a little bit, and I mentioned them with the plaque and all of this, Beyond Measure is a private community rooted in well-being. I created that in, I guess it was 2020, summer 2020. It came out of this vision I had for a safe, supportive community of like-minded people who could be there for one another without judgment, who would connect not just with me, but with one another. And I didn't really know how to do it, or what it was going to look like, but I, I just knew I had to. Like It was so strong within me. And I launched it and have just been testing it for years. It's amazing. That journey too, kind of similar to me setting up this new space in this room, how I didn't get all the answers to how to develop Beyond Measure right away. I thought I would. I thought, oh, well, I'll pick a platform, invite people to come in, and we'll figure it out really quickly. But here I am over two years later, still developing it and still struggling to find the word to describe Beyond Measure. But now that I'm doing the well-being coaching, I'm looking at how the two can go hand in hand. So I've really dedicated small group of people in Beyond Measure. And every week, 
most of us come together. It's always optional. But most people that are loyal members and Beyond Measure jump onto Zoom. That's the platform we're using right now. And we talk. Some people don't have their videos on. They're just using their audio. Some people just use the chat. But majority of people have their video and audio on. And we're kind of like hanging out as friends. We have all different well-being practices. We have activities. Or sometimes it's just an open space for about an hour to talk about anything in life. And this dedicated group of people returns over and over and over again. And it's blown my mind. So they got the very first dibs on my well-being coaching. And just like a week before this episode was recorded, I created a form to kind of outline to them what well-being coaching is. And that's what I'm going to read to you. Before I start, though, I'm not sure in this moment what the next steps are if you're interested. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, I'll have determined that. Like how I do that, that'll be included in the show notes at wellevator.com, which is spelled W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. For every single episode of the show, there's a full transcript, there are resource links. And so whenever I figure out a kind of what they call in the business world, a funnel or like a landing page, I'll put that in there. But right now it doesn't exist. So if you hear this episode before that link exists, and you really want to coach with me, I would love to talk to you. The best way to get in touch is either through email or social media. Or if you happen to be part of Beyond Measure and you're listening, you can message me in there. Beyond Measure also has a messaging platform. But if you're not part of the Beyond Measure community, I would probably email me. But you can also try me on a platform like Instagram. And all those links are also in the show notes at wellevator.com. So just want to make it easy for you. Send me a message and say, Hey, I heard you talking about well-being coaching. I'm curious about it. And you and I can do a session like we can get on a phone call or a Zoom call and talk it out. But maybe what I'm about to share with you will give you some framework for what that could look like. So what is well-being coaching? One is that it's designed to facilitate and empower you to develop and achieve your self-determined goals related to health and wellness. I also really emphasize the mental health side of it, right? Health could be a lot of things. I don't plan to focus on physical health, although as part of my board certification exam, I'm actually having to study a ton about physical health to at least be knowledgeable about that because certainly physical and emotional mental health are all interconnected. The other side of well-being coaching is about encouraging personal responsibility, reflective thinking, self-discovery, and self Efficacy, I think is how you pronounce it. Self-efficacy, E-F-F-I-C-A-C-Y. It's one of those words that comes up in my training and I'm, I'm still trying to get a grasp on exactly what that means. It's really interesting. To me, it's paralleled to self-awareness. It's about accountability, I think is a good synonym for that. And I'll always be transparent about what I'm learning. Like some of these terms are confusing to me. So here's what well-being coaching entails. And this mostly comes from the textbook that I use. It's a coaching manual. So that's why some of this wording might sound a little like not in layman's term. And I'll translate it whenever (laughs) it seems right. Okay, so in a coaching session, I can support you. Here's one of those phrases with mobilizing internal strengths. And instead of mobilizing, I would say putting them into action. Like using your strengths and your external resources and developing self-management strategies for making sustainable 
healthy lifestyle behavior changes. So essentially, tapping into your inner strengths and using the resources beyond you, whether those are other people or things in your life or physical tools, digital tools, mental tools. I mean, well, I guess mental tools would be internal. All different types of resources, right? And developing self-management strategies, like how do you get yourself to maintain sustainable, so sustainable and maintain, same thing, healthy lifestyle behavior changes. So whatever that means for you, part of coaching is determining what that means for you. And that's why together we can connect the dots between who you are and who you want to be. That's one of my favorite phrases in the definition of emotional well-being coaching. And we'll take incremental behavioral steps that will enable you to succeed in that desired change that you're determining. I can support you in leveraging your strengths and building those psychological resources needed for good. And that could be mindfulness practices, self-awareness, positivity, hope, optimism, and resilience. And through coaching sessions, you can achieve a higher level of well-being in performance in life and work, so personally and professional, especially when navigating these changes feels hard. So let's talk more. Let's get into the more of the nuances. It As a coach, I can help you discover, clarify, and align with what you want to achieve. A lot of people aren't sure what they want, or they haven't verbalized it. They haven't written it down. They're not clear on it. So let's figure out what that is, get really clear on it, and then make sure that's in alignment with who you are and who you want to be. Together, we can generate solutions and strategies. I'll hold you accountable and responsible. And to me, one of my favorite things is helping you feel empowered to achieve your goals related to health and wellness. So some goals, some things, components of this is like building resilience, awareness, balance, clarity, connection, flexibility. That's all part of this wellness wheel that plays a big role in your life. I also want to be transparent about what I'm now trained to do. And this is exciting, right? It was the other side of this coaching program I've come through. So I've been trained to accept and meet you where you are today. That was a big shift for me. I think I've been a very accepting person most of my life. I strive to be at least. I strive not to be judgmental. Not always perfect at it. But what I've really learned to do recently is meeting you where you're at today. In the past as a coach, I think I used to try to like push people farther beyond their limits, outside their comfort zones, right? Stretching them. But if that's not where you're at and that's not where you want to be or you're not ready, it's not actually a good fit. It's not a good practice. I can guide you in mindful thinking, feeling, and doing work that builds your confidence so that you can stretch if you would like to, help you define a higher purpose for health and well-being, uncover your natural impulses to be well. Most of us have that, but sometimes we're not even aware support you in tapping into your innate fighting spirit. I really like that too. Sometimes we lose track of that. It kind of feels in alignment with confidence where maybe we feel weak. I've had coaching clients who don't even know what their strengths are. They're not in alignment with that. They're focused on the negative. That's actually very common. So a coach can support you so much with this. I can encourage you to set and achieve realistic goals and realistic whatever that means for you. Not what I think realistic is, but what you think realistic is. Another big pivot. I've shifted so much over the last few months from kind of projecting my own beliefs onto people. 
And now I'm really trying to align with your version and support you. That's part of that acceptance. I can help you harness the strengths needed to overcome obstacles really big, right? First identifying that those strengths are there and then like bringing them out because obstacles are going to happen all the time and you need strength for that. We can reframe obstacles as opportunities to learn and grow. So when those obstacles come up, you can see them in a different light. And I can help inspire and challenge you to go beyond what you would do alone. Not forcing you to go beyond, but inspiring you to and challenging it, welcoming you, encouraging it. I love all these words. Again, this is coming from my textbook. So how about some obstacles you can experience from coaching? Number one is increased self-awareness and self-knowledge, as I've mentioned before. Increased personal responsibility that I guess that's the... Is it efficacy? I hope I'm saying that word. I want to say like efficiency, but that's definitely not it. (laughs) I got to double check. Acquisition of new knowledge and skills as our big outcomes. Attainment of personal and professional goals. That's one of the main reasons people go into coaching in general. Although it's important to distinguish that this is still related to health and wellness. I'm not trained as a life coach. Well, I guess it's a life coach. I should say I'm not trained as like... I'm still focused on the scope of health and wellness, if this makes sense. There's so many facets of life beyond that. And I'm also not trained as a career coach, for instance. I'm actually curious about that. Maybe in the future, I'll go through that type of training. This has inspired me and pointed out what I'm not trained to do. It's not within my scope of practice. I can refer you to other people. In fact, I've done this for clients before too, is encouraging them to see a therapist, for instance, a career coach, Some people might want to go to a personal trainer. Like there's all different things that are beyond what I can do as a coach, but uh, complementary. I can help you with sustainable behavior change, increased life satisfaction, develop sense of purpose and meaning, and ultimately becoming your best self. It's also important to touch upon what well-being coaching does not entail. And I've kind of outlined that a bit a moment ago. Number one, it's not expert advice and problems. It's not about telling you what to do. That's typically why you would hire a consultant or a mentor. And knowing that about coaching has shifted my perspectives on what I do as a consultant and mentor. Again, that's another line of work that I'm in, right? Like I can give expert advice on marketing when someone hires me as a consultant. But if you hire me as an emotional well-being coach, I'm not going to give you expert advice And I'm not even going to give you expert advice when it comes to well-being. That's not my role as a coach. The expert hat is on you. Two is I'm not going to give prescriptions because I can't. And again, those solutions, that is typically what you go to a doctor for. Education on new skills. Certainly, you may develop these things. I can provide resources, A, if you ask me for them, B, if they're appropriate in our sessions, and C, if they fall within the code of ethics as a coach. These are also the things that I'm training on right now. But education on new skills, I'm not there as a teacher. That's a difference too with a coach. I'm not a trainer. I'm not an educator. I'm not going to treat disorders, trauma, or mental health conditions. Even though mental health plays a big role, trauma may come up. Your disorders may be part of your well-being, but I'm not treating them. That's something that a doctor, psychologist, or psychiatrist would be fit for. Likewise, I'm not healing pain, dysfunction, and conflict because I'm not a therapist. And I'm not improving a clinically diagnosed condition. Again, I'm not a doctor. And this is really important because some people go into coaching 
thinking that it includes those things. And that's absolutely okay. My role as a coach is to be transparent with you and also, again, to encourage you to get other help on top of it. And I think it's important too, if you're thinking about these things, let's say you're limited with your time and money like a lot of people are, or even your energy. Maybe all you can afford right now is to work with a doctor. I would do that. Or work with a psychologist or psychiatrist. I also want to be transparent that right now, I don't have an LLC. I haven't even gotten my insurance yet. Like there's so much more for me to develop a coaching practice, take it to another level. So I might not be a fit for you at this point. Again, it depends when you listen to this episode. A lot can change since episodes are recorded. But I just want to be very transparent because I don't want you coming in to a coaching session with me or actually any coach with expectations beyond what they can ethically do. This is part of the training. And a few more elements of coaching. I want to share the process of that. What does that look like? So I broke it down into six steps. One is working towards the creation of a vision for yourself. Two is developing, oftentimes within a three-month span, a plan and a set of goals to achieve in that container of time. Number three is committing to small steps or experiments each week that we meet. Most coaches, therapists, a lot of these professions work on a weekly basis. So taking that each week to make progress. Number four is to review the progress from the previous week. Five is to brainstorm strategies and generate possibilities. And six is to guide you towards developing solutions for yourself. That's a good framework for the process of coaching. And lastly, the well-being coaching structure, at least the one I'm using, this could differ from coach to coach. One is the length. Right now, I'm doing sessions that are between 20 and 30 minutes in length. I tend to go more the 30-minute realm. That works really well, actually. The energy involved, the time is nice and short. It can lower the cost to 30-minute sessions. That's really worked well for me in my current client base. But I might expand to more hour-long sessions or even 45 minutes. That can differ. So if you come to me or another coach and you want different timeframes, just ask for it. A lot of us can work within your preferences or at least validate why we have them at a certain length. What's the rhythm? Well, I mentioned a lot of coaching programs are centered around three months, so 12 weeks. And that really depends on your availability, your preference, my availability, client-based, all of those different factors that can shift. And you could even do more than that. You could have a couple sessions a week if you'd like. My therapist even offered this to me, not necessarily on a regular basis, but he said, if there was ever a week where I was struggling, having a tough time, it's absolutely okay to have multiple sessions per week. And I feel the same as a coach. And lastly, the location. I think I mentioned that I do the sessions on Zoom right now. I've really enjoyed Zoom as a tool. There's other platforms, but I'm using Zoom right now. And we can do that through audio only if you'd like. We can do that with video and audio. Technically, we can do sessions just through chat. Although I find that that's a little challenging, the pacing, the flow of things is a little bit harder. Some coaches offer email coaching. I don't know if I'll do that. That can be part of it. I don't know if I want that to be the main type. I'm also starting to experiment with group coaching sessions. In fact, that's going to be an element of Beyond Measure, at least as a test in December as well as January 2023. And I might continue if those few months go well. So that's an option too for you, whether it's through the container of Beyond Measure or 
you know, in another group environment on a platform like Zoom and separate from Beyond Measure. The other thing is these platforms allow us to record and transcribe, which has been really effective for my clients. Being able to reference back to the audio, video, and or text of the session is really helpful to see your progress, to go back and clarify your goals, the words that you're saying. I mean, a lot of my clients say the most brilliant things in our sessions that they wouldn't have occurred to write it down. Or they can't even believe that they said these words themselves with just a little encouragement from me as a coach. And so having that written down and saved is really powerful. That is always option. I ask my clients permission before we do any recording and I take confidentiality incredibly seriously. So the sessions are generally just for you and me. And for any other reason, there's even a desire to share them that is thoroughly discussed and will never be done without permission. So again, I take the ethical side of this work so seriously. So that's the overview. And even if you don't want to do coaching, I hope that me exploring this with you, it's just opened your eyes. Maybe you've been curious about it. I have an upcoming episode with a guest who is a hypnotherapist. And I knew nothing about what hypnotherapy was. So it was really interesting to hear her talk about it. And that was the episode I did earlier, recorded earlier today. And so it feels like cool to share this with you and just open up about who I'm becoming and how things have evolved through my work with this show, my work outside of this show, how my passions are shifting. Some listeners have been with me for 10 plus years from my days back on YouTube and other facets of social media. And it's just that commitment to bringing you along the journey and supporting you. I see coaching as another way to support people like yourself. I just onboarded a number of new clients this week and I'm so excited to get to know them. That's one of the joys of coaching. It's just like this rich look inside someone's life and how their mind works and just understanding humanity. I've always loved that. And I'm just overjoyed to be adding this in. One last thing, completely unrelated to that in terms of my coaching. So let's shut the door on coaching. Again, remind you that if I don't have the link in the show notes at wellevator.com for signing or exploring coaching, like doing a free session, maybe that's what I'll do. Maybe I'll just set up a calendar booking page. See, sometimes the ideas just pop up when you're least expecting it. That's what I'll put in the show notes. There will be a link to my Calendly, which is a booking site where you can book a free session with me and we'll talk for like 10 or 15 minutes, whatever it takes and explore it. And we'll figure out all these things as I'm developing it. And in the future, I'll probably replace that link with a more official landing page for coaching. But I think in the short term, it'll just be a discovery call that you and I can have to discuss this and you can choose whatever time works for you and we can have a cool conversation about it. So aside from coaching, another thing I wanted to share is that I just went through some interesting things with my sleep journey. (laughs) So I mentioned it's been about 10 or 11 months since I did a sleep study because I have a history and a current ongoing challenge with sleepwalking, sleep talking, sleep episodes in general. Basically, every night 
from between 30 to 60 minutes, sometimes as far out as two hours after I fall asleep, I have a sleep episode. Literally, almost every single night, literally almost. I'm emphasizing how frequent it happens. I've been documenting this every night for weeks. And I'm amazed. Last night, as I mentioned, I had one of the worst sleep experiences I've had in a while. I was restless. I was having a food reaction in the middle of the night. Like it was awful. Did not sleep well at all. And I haven't even reviewed my recordings to see if the sleepwalking happened. So I did the sleep study last year in December 2021. It was inconclusive. And I didn't want to take that as any definitive answer. So that's actually one of the things I'm exploring in therapy is trying to figure out what's going on with my sleep. But I also just got an MRI for the first time of my brain. And I got an EEG, which is an electronic measurement of my brain waves. I have not received any information about what they mean. I have the images from the MRI, which were eerie to look at, but I don't know what they mean. <laughs> so in a few weeks, I'll be meeting with a neurologist to look at them. And then also discussing options with my psychologist about different things. So it's an ongoing journey that I might do a whole episode on once I get the results because I'd love to share with you what the process of an MRI was like. If you've never had one, I found it deeply fascinating. The EEG was not that exciting, but I can share a little bit about that too if you're curious. And I'll certainly share my experience with a neurologist. I don't think I've ever seen a neurologist before. So part of the journey, a little teaser for an upcoming episode. Let's see, when would that come out? I think my appointment is like the first week of December. So it's probably three or four weeks out before maybe around mid-December. I'll put out an episode about that. So stay tuned. I also mentioned the amazing guests that are coming up. I really recommend listening to them. I'm actually more concerned with you listening to guest episodes and these solo episodes. Sometimes listeners tell me they prefer these. (laughs) And I'm amazed. I'm like, really? Like, I feel like I just babble on (laughs) for an hour. But my aim is to just share with you life and what I'm learning, what I'm doing, how I'm growing as a human being. As I just want you to see my humanity. That's what the show has been about. I'm very turned off by people who try to seem like they have it all together. They have all the answers. They're perfect. They don't want to share. Or if opposite end of the spectrum where people are just like kind of capitalizing on their misery. Hey, as I mentioned too, I'm trying not to be a judgmental person. But I do have a little bit of judgment because <laughs> I find that triggering. It's like the content creators, the influencers who share life in a way that's not fully authentic and that's not taking into account all the challenges that the world is facing and all the nuances between us as human beings. I'm committed to acknowledging who I am at my core, how I'm changing, what I'm learning, and where my flaws are. So that's what these Monday episodes usually encompass. And we're going into holiday season, even more reason to offer my support, my love towards you, my appreciation, gratitude, all these positive emotions for you being part of my life, even if we've never talked before. I mean, this is part of the reason coaching is so exciting to me. Like if you just come out of the woodwork and you're like, 
hey, I've literally never talked to you before, but let's talk well-being coaching. I would be so thrilled. (laughs) And that's part of the reason I created Beyond Measure too. It's currently a free place for you to come and chat with me and meet other people and just feel love and a lack of judgment and just like a freedom to express yourself. That's what I'm so committed to. So mentioned a lot of things today from the technology I use to set up my new recording space, or it's actually just a recording corner. It's not a new space at all. It's the same room I've been in, but in a different area. So the links for that, the links to the coaching calendar booking, the Beyond Measure link, if you want to check that out, I'm going to link to, I think that's it, my desk, the Loom Cube. Oh, you know what I wanted to mention too was bearable. That is part of how I've been tracking my sleep episodes. And I've become newly enthusiastic about Bearable. I've been using it for a while. It's an app that's free. It's freemium. So there's a free version and there's a paid version. I've been using the free version, but I'm waiting to see if they have like a Black Friday sale, which should beyond this recording date. But maybe between now and the time this episode comes out, I'll have signed up for a paid plan because I use it so much. And you can log your sleep, your mood, your energy, any physical, mental, emotional symptoms. You can track your bowel movements on there, like so much. I track every little detail, exercise, and it just paints this picture and gives you insights into how you're doing as a person. The paid version apparently gives you like really great insights and the free version, I kind of just treat as a tracking tool because whatever symptoms are going on, I can bring them to the doctors and say like, hey, this is what's happening. And these are the times and the days and the frequency. Super helpful. But it can even be helpful for you just like connecting the dots, like who you are and why you're feeling that way. You'd be amazed. So I will put that link in the description for you too to check out. And if I missed anything, if something comes to mind for you, that would be helpful. Another reason to reach out through email, social media, Beyond Measure, however you want to reach out to me, I would love to find more ways to support you. And with all that said, I'm going to wrap things up for today. Thanks for listening. All those links again are at wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. That should be right below in the podcast player with a link there. Click on that. Go over the site. Check out the transcript and the resources. Hopefully they're helpful. And stay tuned for the next episode coming up on Friday. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.